Hello, heroes. Welcome to Modifier. I'm your host, Megan Dornbrock. Hey there, heroes. This week I have some character-building experts to chat about how you might build your game world through your characters. Oftentimes we're presented with a fictional world we have to create our characters to fit into, but Aaron Catano Saez and Jeff Stormer do exactly the opposite of this on their podcast All My Fantasy Children. While Aaron and Jeff don't necessarily play in their fiction like we might around the table, I've found their perspective to character creation and world building really applicable to almost anyone's gameplay experience. Players, GMs, one-shots, campaigns, presets, or custom settings, all of these roles and situations can apply this approach to some degree to really enhance your roleplay experience and get the most out of your world. Let's get to the show! All right, hey there, heroes, and possibly welcome junior wizards. Uh, this week, I have got Aaron Catano Saez and Jeff Stormer here to talk about, among other things, All My Fantasy Children and their approach to world building and character creation. So hi. Hey. Hey, how are you? Hey, what's going on? So full disclosure, um, Aaron and I actually recorded the, a version of this episode in July. I have absolutely no idea. It I don't even like know what you're talking about. I don't know. Full disclosure, we're, or I was, I'm going to pretend like it never happened. Uh, I can actually can believe I can confirm it was in July because I believe it was like maybe days before Kaiju Big Battles Bash of the Beach 96, which took place uh, in July. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sold out. Sold out by Jeff. <laughs> so that exists somewhere. And if I ever unearth it, maybe it'll go in the Patreon. Um, but we talked about character creation yeah. because that's a... a thing that you do and are very familiar with. Um, but we decided that since I was finally getting around to airing some of those episodes I recorded in July, it's it's fine, things happen, mm-hmm. uh, that we would invite Jeff on and come talk about it again because this is public now. Oh, this yeah. This is not secret news. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's out in the world. Yeah. yeah. But we're going to get hype about it anyway because uh, All My Fantasy Children is now on the One Shot Podcast Network. Yes, That's it is. Cool. Yes, it is. Congratulations. I'm very excited about it. This is pretty much a pretty a pretty cool thing. Pretty cool thing for a Tuesday. Yeah. It <laughs> Is it Wednesday? Oh my god, it's I it, it is. is Wednesday. God damn. Yeah. God. That's fine. <laughs> I thought Monday was Tuesday, so just every day is Tuesday. Yeah, so this is this is exciting. So we're going to talk all about that kind of stuff. And Jeff, you have been on the show before. Of course. I, I believe I am the most frequent guest in Modifier history, I believe. I I believe you are. I think at this point you are a co-host. Yeah, um, I did it, everybody. <laughs> so that you you've crossed that threshold. Uh, but yeah, not not that the conversation that we had in July, Aaron, wasn't really amazing oh, and no, a that full shit episode was fire. on its own. I'm with yeah. you. That shit was a banger. But yeah, it's gonna go in the archives. It. Just to you got to you don't sell the steak, you sell the sizzle. You got to tantalize. Mm-hmm. It's so good. If you're a Patreon backer, I will find it and I will put it on our Patreon. Boom. And if I repeat myself, who gives a fuck? <laughs> Can I curse? Can I curse on Modify? I don't remember. Yes. Oh, thank you're God. Because I can't not speak without cursing. <laughs> Swears are fine. And yeah, no, sometimes people need to hear things more than once. So I yeah. think you're doing them a service. Great. Excellent. So let's, what is All My Fantasy Children? Why don't we start there? Jeff, you're way more concise and well-spoken than I am. Would you like to handle this one? Yeah, I mean, that's because I wrote it. That's because I literally just wrote out the pitch. 
Like, that's not really like, uh, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I am, don't get me wrong. You, but you are. I mean, I would be like, oh, it's fucking. <laughs> All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, world building and storytelling podcast powered by listener prompts. Every week, Aaron and I take a listener submitted prompt and we spin it into an original fantasy character using some of our favorite tabletop role playing game systems. Uh, along the way, we build out a shared mythology and populate a universe called fantasy one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday. See, do you hear that? That's the full pitch. Mm-hmm. Come, that is so good. I can't do that. I could have it in front of me and I wouldn't be able to do it. I was going to say, does he have it? Jeff, do you have it taped to your monitor somewhere? You can just read off your pitches. No, that's still trap, baby. That's all up so, here. Like, my God. That's what I'm saying. Like, there, there are moments in this damn show, I have to, I have to interject, where, like, Jeff, like, exposes himself as being some kind of robot slash being of light, where I'm always like, how the fuck did you just do that? We'll never know. And if we did know, I think we would die. Oh, so, yeah, it's I true. Mean, One of us would have to die. So... Uh, did the show start out that way though? I feel like it it started oh, with a slightly man. different premise. It's slight. It's definitely started with a slightly different premise. Um, it started out where we were just gonna create a character every week using like tabletop games. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the idea was for like a listener to like leave it open ended so that a person listening could take the character and like play them in a campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah, idea like was it. the idea was basically. We will make characters in different games for you to, like, use in your things, and then you tell us how they go, and we kind of all discover the story together. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like pretty immediately, those characters started being linked to each other. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, I believe it takes like, like I believe it takes like three episodes for us to start. Yes. <laughs> like at most. Yeah. And honestly, I think the first crossover is legit like the fourth episode. I think so. Yeah. I think that I think that by episode four, I think we're just throwing ideas out there and it starts pick like I think it, I think I'm I'm pretty confident it's episode four. Yeah, mm-hmm. wh- whatever one wizard is, um <laughs> yeah. is is the first crossover. And I mean that it was to come naturally, like that was the mm-hmm. nature of this beast to begin with. Like the the format of this show has always and forever will be Jeff and I kind of just doing what we've been doing for years, which is like telling funny stories and trying to make each other laugh or doing like, I think this is cool. Do you think this is cool? Yeah. It was bound to happen making a, you know, a Marvel Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe. Yeah. And, and you embraced that, I think, pretty quickly, too. It just was like, well... Well, they're all connected now, so... <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? It's so fun. Yeah. Like, following the the dope thread, like, taking... Finding the coolest thread that, you know, you like and that what you think is neat and seeing where it goes, like, that's... What what better formula do you need than, like, yeah, doing the coolest thing possible? It's just the yeah. most fun. Like, it's... And, it, and that's largely where it came from, was, like... And the moment... In the moment, we both kind of went... Oh, this is, it would be fun if these two stories interconnected. And then after the recording, we sat there and went, what if they're all interconnected? Like, it was just whatever was fun to Aaron and I, and that turned into a much larger and more ambitious thing than either of us expected. Mm -hmm. That is correct. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's a good kind of philosophy to have when you're actually, because you guys don't play the games, you just make the characters and you talk about the worlds. But for those folks who are you know, making characters and then playing in a game, mm-hmm. the what's the most fun approach I think is it's, real good. I think it's extra- yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's brilliant because like, you know, one of the things that makes games really magical is that they are 
just you know unless you are putting your unless you're putting a microphone in your face and recording it which don't i will tell you now don't um then there it's it's a unique kind of storytelling in that it's only for the people at that table and that room and that experience and you know even like the joking aside even with actual play like there's an element of like we are going to make a thing just for us and then other people will experience it so I think that, like, saying, hey, this is the thing that excites me, like, this is what's exciting to me, is one of the, is taking advantage of one of the things that makes role-playing games as an art form uniquely special. It's true. Yeah. There's that element of uh, a sculpture made of snow, that about tabletop, and just podcasting in general. Like, right now, like, other people are going to listen to this, but no one is sharing in the magic that we're having live right now. It's a sculpture made of snow, where, like... You can look at it and it's beautiful and like there's a lot to be appreciated. But at the end of the day, it's going to be gone in a few hours. Mm -hmm. The magic will have Mm -hmm. gone. You can take a picture of it. You know, you can record it and put it on the Internet. But that sculpture like won't be the same as in the moment when it was made. Mm -hmm. That's what's so cool about making a show in general. And my that's one of my favorite things about tabletop is that it's like a live medium. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. That's really nice. So you guys started focusing on characters like that was always the focus Mm -hmm. whether it was characters for other people to use or then you're tying these characters together and and your world of fantasy kind of grew around them Mm -hmm. yeah um can you talk about how fantasy has kind of come to be and evolved i have thought a lot about this if i can start uh Mm -hmm. just because i mean i don't have a lot of games experience i have a lot of video games experience and like you know fantasy stories and stuff but tabletop wise i don't have a lot of wisdom so what i know is like acting and making characters and you can learn i mean obviously like look at our own world the the world and its course is kind of dictated by like the people who live in it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that that for some reason is rarely it is not rarely applied but not often enough applied in like fantasy where it's when people are world building it's it's easy to do the uh it's just this way because but it's like no it's because of usually people did something or a natural occurrence but a lot of the times, like, cultures develop in fantasy settings because of the people who live in them. Mm-hmm. And so it's an interesting thing for our world when all we do is make characters. You can flesh out a world based on the people who live in it and who shape it because they're shaping the world based on, like, you can take something as simple as, like, this character is a fighter. Okay, so there's conflict. Like, people, there is mm-hmm. fighting in this world. Mm-hmm. That means something. That means that there is animosity between, you know, PC and NPC or monsters or whatever. You know, there's there's a lot of ways that you can just mine little details based on just mm-hmm. character creation. Mm-hmm. I and, think. Yeah, yeah. And like and and yeah, to that point, like yeah, every time you are every time you introduce an element into a world, it it, it says something about that world. I think I want to say Dungeon World talks about this in the book, but I don't remember is like is like saying that you're par- you're playing the wizard means that wizardry is something that exists. Mm-hmm. And so it's that point exactly. Yeah. I think you're exactly like it's 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 that point in exactly is like yes, what Aaron said. I'm not I was I was trying to formulate words and I was like I'm just going to say what Aaron said. Yeah, you but you're you're yeah. exactly right. Where like the characters and what they can do and their limitations and their, you know, their powers and their dreams dictate what the world is Mm -hmm. the same way that like you know if it was say the prompt is like 
three people recording a podcast. Okay, so there's audio medium. There's a love of fantasy novels in this world. There's a love of fantasy and fiction and people have imagination. Like you can take anything and fucking mine it mm-hmm. and turn it into something to help develop like any world you're making. The simplest thing can become, you know, a defining point in your fiction. Yeah, that's interesting. And I'm I'm thinking now um, at how we are often introduced to different role-playing games that we're going to play. And it's usually, welcome to the world. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is how <laughs> the world is. This this exists here. And then you figure out what a character is that fits inside of that. Yes. But what would a game look like that, you know, went the other way mm-hmm. that said, okay, but who do you want to be? Yes, that's that's kind of, and I know I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry. But Good, that, do it. that's what I'm excited. That's why I love our show so much is because we get to go the reverse way where it's, okay, Jeff and I can say anything and that will define what the world is. I'm not trying to, you know, make a round uh, peg fit into a square hole. You know, I can, Mm -hmm. you we're just molding it as we go based on what we want. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the, if it were a game, it would be the complete inverse where it's like, I want a person who dual wields pistols and can see in the dark. You know, and it would be like, okay, yeah. so let's make that work within, let's build a world around that. And that's kind yeah. of what we've been doing for fucking two and a half years. And it's <laughs> the greatest, I, I think it's the most, I'm obsessed with this effing podcast. I think I love, mm-hmm. uh, I think the best example of that is episode zero. Uh, we, you know, we uh, uh, go to the podcast, like episode zero. Uh, the prompt was a farmer who is salty about losing a pumpkin contest. I think Aaron as a joke said, all right, so what they would, they become mayor. And then now that's like a defining thing is that this town had a pumpkin growing contest and whoever drew the biggest pumpkin. Yeah. They became mayor for a year because you (laughs) said it. And and I, I laughed and said, okay, but it's funny if that's like actually what we have to work with. And so that's yeah. sort of a thing that we've that specifically like the idea of like if you say it if it, if you if po- if you posit a possibility like let's run with it and see what happens and you know there have been times where we've run with something and said this doesn't work let's scrap it but a lot of times I find the idea of being like I think it would be fun if it was this all right let's mm-hmm. let's work out the 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 let's walk out on the branch and see what happens and if the branch breaks and we fall fine we throw out the idea but I think there's something valuable to I think it would be fun if X was a, was a thing. All right, if that yeah. is true, if X is true, then Y, Z, 1, and 2 are all also true. Are we comfortable with that? Do we enjoy that? Yes. All right, then we have, we have made X canon. I think that's a yeah. fun thing. And there's a lot to be said about doing that. And like, you know, you can throw out the silly idea and be like, oh, what if it was a pumpkin contest? You know, you're doing it for the lols. But there's also a way that like you can do that. Like basically the show and our mythology that we've made is taken from all the kind of silly things that we've said and being like, okay, but what if that was real? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's when you take, when you take a silly thing and make it serious, not serious, but like legitimate, like, no, that is ex- actually how in the city of Purethra killed elected officials are made. Like you kind of, it kind of blurs the lines of then it's not silly anymore. It's just what your world is. Your world is just kind of a little lighthearted, but there are serious elements in it. And that's how Jeff and I can sneak like the more serious episodes in where it's actually like deep fantasy with demons and kings and lords and magical items and, you know, fantasy shit yeah. B- because we've given ourselves the permission to have any idea 
And if we want to flip it and make it like deep fantasy, you can, or you can just leave it as surface. Like it's just something fun and silly. Mm-hmm. Got to give yourself permission, y'all, to play and be yeah. be silly and you know enjoy your like Jeff and I always talk. Jeff always pushes me to like you know enjoy this, enjoy what you're doing, and enjoy the process, and let yourself kind of be silly and do let the show be what it is. Is what Jeff yeah. has always said to me. He's like. You know, it is what it is. Like, you don't have to force it to be something. If it's silly today, it's silly today. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's serious fantasy today, it's serious. But just let it be what it is and enjoy it. And, you know, give it the same respect that you would if you were making, you know, an episode of, like, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of... I feel like there's a lot of value in that approach that players, like, heroes that are listening can take to when they're playing games as well, because you are concerned at least a little bit now with the fact that you've built up two and a half years of this <laughs> narrative. Uh, so, so what is that like? So like in initially you, episode zero, you said you could throw out, okay, but what if that's how he becomes mayor and nothing is riding on that, yes. but two and a half years into this show, do you, do you get worried about just throwing out the silly idea? Do you, do you, think ahead at all or do you just kind of deal with it when when you need to deal with it like how does how does that feel different Hmm. jeff do you have anything i have i have a quick answer i i still to this day love (laughs) because i love throwing out the silly idea partially because like i i like a seeing what will happen if we take all of this like established lore and continuity and say all right now what if we just also did what if we added this like what if Mm-hmm. I think it's a great. I, I enjoy throwing out a wild card and just being like, I think it's funny if this, because oftentimes if something is funny, that means that it's that means it's true, right? Like oftentimes if if you laugh at something, that means that there's something about it that connects with you. So if something like immediately hits me as like tickles me, it's like, oh, that's funny. Then like if I throw it out there, one of the things that I think is magical about the show's format is I can throw something out there. And because Aaron and I know each other so well, and if Aaron does it, uh, I can I can catch it with him. I'll throw something out there, and he'll be like, "You like this because of X." I'll be like, "Oh, it's fun. <laughs> oh, it's funny if it's this. Yeah, but it's also because like, oh, it's neat. It's neat if this person's just like living on like if this person just runs away and lives and wanders from town to town, right? But you think that's interesting because like you want to you want to tell a story about life on the road. So let's make this character live on the road, and it's like, oh. Yeah, I do. Want, I I am really interested in that. Let's roll with that and see where that goes. Yeah, the 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 idea of having two and a half years of like some kind of established. It's something that I've wanted to like move away from, kind of in just this idea of as we're getting close, like further into audio mediums having like canons and you know everybody knows like this deep lore where it's sort of flexible. You know where. You know, mm-hmm. we're constantly actively writing this fiction, sort of. And, like, it can be whatever we want it to be. So there are often times where I feel pressure to be like, wait a minute, we said that, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, fuck that. If we have to rework some old lore, who cares? You know, th- this isn't fucking Dragonlance. You know, I it, th- there's nobody mm-hmm. there's nobody going to chase us down with, uh, you know, torches and pitchforks being like, that's not canonically accurate. Because then you can always just say, like, well, it's a different time period. But no, I'm not. It doesn't stress me out or anything. It, it would take away from the show's fun and kind of yeah. the um, the improvisational aspect where it's there. there are no limitations as to that. Because that would take away 
it would take away the freedom that we have to kind of say anything. And we can always twist. If some, if Jeff calls me and, well, we already said that this happens then, you know, that's part of the game too, is that we go, that we're honest and don't edit it out of going, okay, so we said that before. How can we flip this? Because it is like, mm-hmm. you know, creative writing gymnastics where there have been moments where I say like, Jeff, we have a lot of merchants or we already said that that happens at this time. How can we twist it? How can we rework this story so that it fits into our necessary, it, it becomes a game, honestly. That's where the joy for me in this, sorry, to answer your question, <laughs> the joy from this whole canon thing comes from having to fit the puzzle blocks in, but in mm-hmm. a way that we do it, like in a way that's flexible and loose and, you know, still improvisational, not, it's not a limitation. It's just kind mm-hmm. of like a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. And like, there's this nice rat-a-tat that Jeff and I have where I am, a, you know, I know every fucking word of this goddamn, I have every episode memorized and every piece of lore. And there's this nice thing where I'm like, well, Jeff, we said that Madame Mysteria has a wand. And Jeff is like, yeah, but what if she had a sword now? And I'm like, okay, like, yes, okay, let's fucking do it. Like, you know, it's this fun thing where it's like, you know, the lore hound, and the person who's a little loosey goosey. Mm-hmm. And I like that's my it's my favorite thing about recording with Jeff is that he doesn't take it as seriously. And it reminds me that I shouldn't either. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love I love a good deep lore, but also sometimes I think sometimes it's just you do what you do what what feels right in the moment. And that's that's the magic of role playing games is like you, you kind of you 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 just you play to see what happens to steal the gaming mm-hmm. parlance. I don't think I could do this yeah. show if I wasn't if it wasn't with with the best man at my wedding and like my best friend. I don't think I could do this show. No, because oh my god, because like I think that we need that we need that like rhythm and that relationship of like that sort of we need that we need that that comfort level of like being on the same page implicitly, mm-hmm. so that I- even if some even if we kind of throw out like no that doesn't work I don't like that we're not I don't you know we feel comfortable to shoot things down but we also feel com- we feel that that connection to go oh okay I'm pretty sure you're you're on this line let me kind of roll with it and see what happens yeah th- there there has to be I think in in tabletop but especially like if you're collaboratively making a world and like telling stories if you're collaboratively storytelling there has to be a level of like creative trust where i know that if i say something that's that sucks and jeff goes i want to challenge that it's not because it's bad it's just we're just playing the game Mm -hmm. like every episode is just playing the game of like but what if this i have this idea may i okay cool let's see let's mold those two ideas it's not you know it's just this wonderful level of trust that I I could not imagine making this with anybody else because I I don't have that with anybody else where it's this, you can truly say anything and I'll know what Jeff's getting at and I'll know what the structure of the episode needs to be and where we kind of need to go based on what Jeff says. And it's, it's this cool thing that I think, I think it's important with games in general that a lot of times. So if you think of RPGs like tabletop games, like say we're all playing fucking dungeon world right now. It's important to like, I know this is a played out thing, but like you're all role playing and fucking playing an improv game. Mm-hmm. So like, it's important mm-hmm. to have a level of trust and to say like, yes, okay. But a lot of the times people bring their preloaded, uh, preloaded character stuff and their preloaded decisions to an improv and it crashes and burns when you just gotta live in that moment. Let it be, baby. Yeah. I think that that's very true, especially when, when you are playing games with people that you don't know as well or you don't know at all. Yeah. Um, it's, 
it's never going to go the way that you think it's going to go. So you can't force a thing to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just will not happen. Well then let's, let's talk a little bit about how you guys make these characters mm. because it's, you do use mm-hmm. tools mm-hmm. to some degree. <laughs> so let's talk about that <laughs> to, to varying degrees, depending on the episode. Jeff, do you want to take this one? Cause I don't know the names of the games. <laughs> Yeah, I can talk. I can talk about like the the actual nuts and bolts processes of things. It's kind of always been yeah. focused on using the character creation tools in role playing games. Dungeons and Dragons being the first one. Uh, you know, various games depending on depending on the episode. We've we've hopped from system to system over the years to just do you know whatever tools and character creation guides and aids like exist out there to make characters and all and say and using those and saying okay like this is what the result or like this is what the tool says to do next what does mm-hmm. and and going back to that idea of like if x is true what does that mean about yz yz a and b it's okay so the the game says that now we're supposed to pick our characters like stats this is we did this as an early episode. This is not a thing we've done in a long time. It was just the first thing that came to mind. It was like, okay, yeah. So we pick our character yeah. stats. Uh, if we want this character to have a high strength, what does that say about like the story that we've told so far? Like, and sort of using yeah. those, using those that character creation process, and and stopping between every step and going, okay, this is the decision we've made about this character. We have decided uh, the Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition rulebook states that a bard carries uh, either a disguise kit, a traveling pack, or like an entertainer's kit. Which one of these is most interesting to us? And which one of the and what does that like? What does that mean? It's not just checking off an equipment box and saying, "All right, cool." It means that it means I'm going to have rope later on. What like what does that tell us yeah. about that character that they're just carrying around disguises? Yeah, it's 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 about asking the question of you don't you don't take a single thing for granted. A little nugget of information in character creation can inform like the entire character if you want to go deep enough. You know, it, it's not taking a single thing for granted. Like okay, the best way I can describe this, it's in that way that you could go through your house right now. You could pick up almost anything you see and you would know how you got it and there would be at least one memory tied to it. If you apply mm. that to a tabletop character, there is like a fucking infinite amount of things that you can just like threads that you can follow. Like, okay, your character starts out with plain clothes, like a pair of boots. Those level one boots, like where are they from? Are they important to the character? Is it their only pair or do they have dozens? Because the answers to those questions will lead you down some really interesting thoughts like, oh, this isn't my only pair. I have hundreds. Okay. So they're well off. They're a little, they might be a little bit of a prima donna or they just have like, they just shoe collection. There's a lot of just little things that'll help you out in making this character. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, the starting equipment, it'll always have like a simple dagger. And I'm like, they carry a dagger. Is it, is it sentimental? Is it symbolic? Is it for protection? Is it because someone gave it to them and was like, use this in a time of need? You know, there's there's threads that you can always go down in Dungeons and Dragons. Like you roll your core stats and you're like, oh, I'm going to spec. Usually it's like, you know, how you want to play, you know, but we we focus on a lot on all my fantasy children. And I hope this doesn't sound like horn tooting, but like you meet the character. You don't like decide things for them. You meet them. Like we roll for their pronouns. Um, 
to kind of like get a first introduction. Like they introduce themselves to us and then we kind of figure out like who they are. It's not, I'm not forcing a thing to be. If they have high strength, I'm not like, well, because I want to do a lot of damage. I'm like, okay, so this is someone who's like has trained. This is like a trained fighter. It's not like some natural gifted like swordsman, you know, type thing. There's just always fun mm-hmm. things to be found. And I know I'm I'm just talking a lot, but No, do it. Um there's just tons of threads to be like mined from every bit of character creation. And that's how we've been that's that's the that's the base of all my fantasy children is taking those little things that are just kind of throwaways in character creation or givens and figuring out what that means to the story. Because that's what you're fucking here to do. You know, if you want to throw dice and do imaginary damage, like you can do that alone, but you're here to do it like in the context of the story. And there's ways to experience it better, in my opinion. And that would be by having a more fleshed out character. And that's by getting to the bottom of everything that you can, squeezing out every drop of juice from that rag. (laughs) Which you you bring up a very good point that, that the other sort of mechanical half of which is... The thing that we do a lot of in All My Fantasy Children that, like, is something that I'm very passionate about is rolling on tables and, like, random (laughs) results and, like, exercises and things. Mm -hmm. There are Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition rulebook includes them. There's a lot of other books that are just, like, books of tables. Um, And, like, using random generation tools to basically come up with a piece of the backstory... And say, okay, we're going to roll on this table. It's got, you know, we've decided that we're making an entertainer. We're going to look at the entertainer background. Let's roll on one of their personality traits. We roll, oh, it says that they are a sucker for a pretty face. Great, wonderful. Let's talk about, like, what that means and, like, what like what that tells us about this character, that this is now a quality that we have about them. Where does that, like, where does that tell? And I, I, I really like... I like building in that that sort of randomized element of like the things that we like and then looking to a random a random source that then kind of interjects and says like okay but how does this character change when you know this about them go yeah I think is an interesting yes. thing and mm. one of the things that I I really enjoy doing on the show yeah it's my favorite thing about like the character kind of checking in with us of like we say a whole bunch of stuff for like 30 minutes and then we roll on tables and the character kind of interjects with like um well actually you know and kind of tells us a detail that we did not know because there's a lot of times where we get a result and we go oh well we're gonna talk for 20 minutes about this one because if their you know their ideal is like we've been talking about a court jester who just a court jester who just wants to have fun and then the the ideal result is like i must break the chains of my people in order to free them from the dragon's curse you're like holy fuck um okay Mm -hmm. so now we have to take this an entirely how can we fit that in based on what we all this shit that we just said Mm -hmm. and that is uh that's the it's the most fun because like the tone of the show is kind of light you know, we, we're not, it's, it depends on the episode, but like, it's fun and we laugh and it's, you know, you can go, my favorite thing about the show is you can go as deep as you want. You know, if you want to stay on the surface and be like, oh, wizard, he's an improv comic that, you know, has root vegetables and talks about dicks. You're like, <laughs> but like, if you want to delve deeper into like what we're really, what we're really getting up to here, which is like taking that information to say like, okay, so there's evil in the world and there's shitheads and there's like, 
not everything is perfect. How far does that thread go? And then we write an episode where, you know, things are going awry and, you know, there's deep fantasy if you want to find it. But there's also like just fun on the surface and like you can have a good time just listening or you can like get deep into the fucking lore hints that we drop every episode. I don't know. I love it. I, it's, it makes me very happy. Yeah. It makes me very happy oh. to listen to. Oh, no, thank you. Do you find any game systems that you've used so far that explicitly encourage that kind of approach that you've taken? Or, or is this is this something that you kind of always have to bring yourself to the game? Um, Game systems... I'd say less so. I, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think. I don't know if there's any games that, like, there are definitely tools. Um, for example, the Ultimate Character Backstory Guide by one James D'Amato. Get that mm. plug mm-hmm. in now that we're on the network. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, you can stay. Yeah. That, <laughs> we did it. Um, there are definitely, there, I'd, I'd say there are to, there are a lot of good, like, tools for that. Uh, the Ultimate Character Backstory yeah. Guide, uh, Table Fables by Madeline Hale. There are a lot of good, like, books that yeah. exist solely to basically do that and say, all right, if this is a thing that you're interested in with ter- with tabletop character creation, here are the tools that you need. Here are, like, tools that will help you build that thing. And, I, and that's, mm-hmm. I think, something that we found a lot of is, like, books of sort of system agnostic tools more than than games that explicitly sort of do that. I would love to see a game that is explicitly, like, oh my God. roll on tables, <laughs> like, this is the character that you're playing, like, what does that look like? But I, I don't, mm. to my knowledge, it may or may not exist. Like, I would, I would love a narrative-driven kind of character creation game instead of just, like, here's what you do, here's your gear, and they pat you on the butt, and it's like, off you go, sport. Like, I, I would love – there there aren't a lot of – ton of resources to – we kind of have to fudge, you know, a lot, and, like, we have to mm-hmm. make something of – you know, we, we use the resources, but game-wise, like, every game that we've used – we use it like sporadically. Like, you know, we've created right. planets with what? Stars without number. Stars without number has some very good random planet creation tools. Uh, Traveler has some very good, albeit very time consuming <laughs> character creation stuff. Like we, mm-hmm. we've used that for just a whole episode of like, this is the character that we're making. And it's going to be just, just the whole game is because that's how everyone has ever played. Who's ever played yeah. Traveler has ever played Traveler. I'm sure there are people, right, right. I'm sure there are people that have like, played the game after the character creation segment i've never met them maybe (laughs) that's the one where you can die right yeah you can die in character creation i love that you can you can you can just have a whole character i one time true story jen was out my wife producer of party of one jen frank was out at a wrestling show i was at home and i was like i'm gonna make a character in traveler for the next three hours, I rolled characters and went on this, like, inspiring journey of this older woman. She's, like, had escaped from a crime-ridden planet and, like, oh had become God. a member of, like, a galactic scout force and, you know, lived to retirement age and, like, had this whole journey. And three hours later, I get a message, hey, you gonna come pick me up? And I'm sitting on the couch like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll do it, and I never like I'm, I've played the game oh once. So that a tra- traveler character creation is the ultimate one player RPG. <laughs> it's good. It's it's I I've genuinely uh, played a lot of single player character creation traveler games, <laughs> and just been like I don't need to, I don't need to actually play this as mm-hmm. a game. I'm I'm done. I've told this character story. 
But I would love yeah. a game where there's just like a character where you just kind of make, I mean, that's essentially what our show is. But if there was, a, yeah. if you want to make a Milton Bradley AMFC inspired board game, you know, be my guest, just mm-hmm. pay us. <laughs> yeah. Do either of you feel the need to play any of these characters or play any games after making these characters? Or are you good? I always depends on the episode. Yeah, it depends on the episode. Okay. I have a fucking deep need to always play these characters. I'd sell my soul to play a lot of them. But like I also am just like I rarely get the opportunity to play tabletop games. And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them are just magic the way they are. They're very precious to me. So I'm like, I don't want to yeah. fuck it up. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I think it I think there are some episodes where like we set up a story and then, you know, it feels like the right point to leave it at a certain point. And then I'm like, oh, I really want to play out that game. Like, I want to know what happens. Yeah. I want yeah. to know like where that goes. But then there are also times where like we tell a story and we get to the end and I'm like, you know what? That felt like the end. Like that felt like that felt like we've closed the book on that character's story. Yeah. Like, if- like and so I think it really depends on what, it really depends on like where we went with the narrative of a character. Cause there are times where I'm just like, yeah, at this point they get to go live a happy life. Like their, 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 their turmoil and trouble is done. They get to go off into the sunset. And other times I'm mm. like, Oh, you have so many stories left to tell in you. Yes. Like you gotta know <laughs> when to fucking, when to close the book. You know what I mean? Like mm. too many times just mm. in on TV shows, like when the villain crawls out of the fucking lava, for the 10th, like my, my example is if you're familiar with Resident Evil at all, the character Albert Wesker has been brought back to in like every fucking game. I'm like, no, when the story's over, man, like that's been a lesson for me is that franchise oh, where they're like, oh my God, it's taken like eight games to kill this guy. I'm like, can't we just have a new character? I think about that a lot where I'm like, we could go down Samuel Gore to get, no, just leave him alone. Like, you know, it's, it's time. There's a start to a story yeah. and an end to a story, and that's something to kind of be respected. <laughs> you ever watch? You ever watch Heroes? Oh, Remember Heroes! God. Oh my god! Don't do this to me. Oh no! That's the re- correct response. One, <laughs> two. I will remember forever. Like if it is my lifelong caution. Heroes is my lifelong cautionary tale. <laughs> the fact that they had built this they had built this beautiful season arc which ends with a superhero like showdown where all of the heroes are in New York which is this prophesized place of battle and like the Siler the superhero serial killer is like at his full power and we know that if if New York doesn't happen just right we're going to get an apocalypse situation and like the fight happens you know, we get the big climax. They run out of budget, so it's sort of just hitting each other with with uh, traffic meters for a few minutes. That's such a mess. <laughs> but the important thing is, like, I remember, like, we have this moment, right? And I remember watching it, going, like, you know what? I don't even care that, like, we don't, we're not seeing a cool superhero battle. Like, I am just happy that, like, we're getting this big moment. And then you see him crawl away, and I remember going, "So none of this matters." Yes, legitimately not a moment of this matters. Like you, like that you've just undermined the whole twenty four hours of programming before this. You have undermined it by going, "Oh yeah, this big prophesized thing it happens, but it doesn't change anything." He's just going to go off to Mexico. 
and hang around with weird twins. <laughs> like the yeah. oh man, I got a lot. I remember too much it's, of heroes. But it's true in the way that like yeah, if wow. you're doing storytelling, like you don't want to ever be like, hey, are you enjoying this? fuck you. Nothing matters. Like, I hate that shit. Like, we're going to flip everything I'd said. It was all like the whole the Dallas thing. Or like, it was all a dream. You're like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Are you fuck? I don't find that to be very respectful of the listener or the viewer's time. So like, if yeah. we have this like, you know, we have characters that people love and it would be like, psych, Arthur's not dead. You'd be like, what? But like, that was the whole point is that it's like, what? Come on. You know, you we, have to be respectful. We did do an episode one time that was all a dream, and I, I, I gotta say, I stressed about it for, like, three days. Wait, oh. which one was that? The, I don't want to say it on, on, mod, on Modifier. Oh. But there's, there's an episode that, there's an episode that none of the things turned out to be real. Oh. It all turned out to be and, like, it was essentially, and it was all a dream, but it, like, narratively, I thought it was the right call at the time, and mm-hmm. I, I spent I spent a week going, oh, people are going to hear this and I'm going to get added on Twitter. Yeah. This is the worst. This, I'm going to get, I'm going to get ads. I'm going to get mentions. How many people added you about that episode? Uh, everybody loved it. It was great. Good. It was a tremendous. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have that, that good trust and relax. Oh. I never in my life have had, had good trusting and relax that I was going to put out a thing and not be added on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Just never That's a hard same life. there. That's a hard same. I was going to say, you can't just, like, breathe without someone on that hell site coming for you. So Excuse me, are you excuse me, are you breathing through your nostrils? Did you not see the uh, the article? How fucking like, no. dare you. Okay. How yeah. fucking dare you. <laughs> okay. So I, I dug up the notes from months and months and years and years ago and we did have a couple of questions from uh listeners on twitter that holy shit right so they have forgotten surely that any of this ever happened but i have like i stopped listening to that fucking show (laughs) both of them they Uh, did that episode where it was all a dream fuck them yeah i stopped fucking listening immediately after that fuck (laughs) them fuck them fuck them real hard uh so richard Kreitzlandry, who asks lots of good questions Mm-hmm. Uh, one Good of, question asker. Yeah, he is. And one of one of his that we haven't really touched on yet, uh, he asks, every person or character is going to have their own unique story to tell, but do you find yourself seeking out the stories of exceptional individuals who defy norms in order to define them? Or do you tend to want to tell the stories of ordinary people to illustrate the norms? Mm. I know my preference. I, 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 I don't know, Aaron, if you have an answer, go ahead, but I know my preference. I like both, mm-hmm. to be honest. I, I, I know that's a, I don't know if that's a cop out, but there is joy to be found in the, the mundane characters who do super, who do super things because that's me. I don't have fucking firepowers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I can't fly. I don't have magic, but like the mundane, like defining mundane would be like boring. I always say, uh, in an episode, this is a little mundane by fantasy settings. Like, you know what I mean? If there's a shopkeeper, but like that person's story in a fictional fantasy setting is very interesting. Like, you know, they live in a world of magic and heroes and they decide to say like, no, I'm going to open up a shop where I sell weapons to heroes. It's like, there would be a reason for that. They would have a really cool backstory too. That's worth like delving into. You know, the the hero who slays the dragon with the magic sword is great. They have the reason for doing it, too. But the reason why people decide to open a bakery 
when their house could be smashed by like a Tarask at any time. Like, that's a fucking interesting person to me. And I'm like, what is their tale? You know, like, what what are their reasons for saying like, no, I'm not going to be an adventurer. I don't want to pick up a sword. You know, that's that's not for me. And I'm like, oh, who are you? You know, what is your tale? Because they're heroes in their own way, too, I'm sure. If they're like providing a service, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, helping their community out, you know, it's it, it, there's every hero that you've ever met in real life in their mind. They're an ordinary person. You know, they they go home, take a shit, have a fucking TV dinner and watch TV like everyone else. And so, like, to say that there are exceptional people in fiction and kind of mundane isn't necessarily fair because, you know, even fucking uh, like Superman has a fucking apartment. Superman has a day job, you know, like he is mundane at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Uh, I was going to say, because I am an exceptional, I am an exceptional <laughs> light. Uh, I, I frankly tire of, of the experience of hearing about people that change the world and innovate and are, are exceptional because frankly, I don't want to hear about my own life. I don't want to look into the motherfucking mirror. Yeah. I would just, I would just read my very good Twitter feed if I wanted to to read the exploits of a world changing individual. No, I, where's the lie though? Where is the lie? (laughs) All over the place. That entire sentence. Um, No, I, I genuinely love stories of ordinary people doing what they do very well. Like I, I, I love, I mean, and it's part of it's, it's, I love the story of ordinary people in exceptional times is to me, like, it is a trope that you will, that you can see every, all over, all of my work is like ordinary people amongst like spectacular situations is something that I just think about all the time. Like, you know, in his, like, if you think about history mm-hmm. and you think about like, you know, when, when, when Caesar was being stabbed, there were people at work that day. Mm. Like there were people like, there were people just like making wine that day. Like the day that Caesar was stabbed, like the day that, you know, the day that John F. Kennedy, you know, we all, we ever, you always hear the stories of like, where were you when Kennedy was shot? Like, People's stories are literally like I was at work, like I was, I was, I was making my donuts, and I looked up and saw that the president was dead. Like there are people, there are yeah. stories, and those are the stories to me that are like absolutely fascinating because it's like you know you weren't you weren't you weren't on a plane saving the world. Like those stories are life and are what matters to me. So I, I have a strong preference towards people towards like what it means for someone to be to just experience like be around spectacular things but have just an ordinary magical life and there there's something to be said though jeff about like the the exceptional people thing like no one comes out the fucking womb like you know casting firebolts and going on quests like they what what we get to the bottom of without actually saying it on the show is like how does someone become an exceptional fantasy hero or an exceptional fantasy person because everyone starts somewhere. Everyone starts like level one is pretty mundane. And even like, even if you're in a tabletop campaign, level one means you went through like rigorous fucking training and life experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not just born a fucking bard. You have to train. You're a regular person who becomes a bard. You are an elf who becomes a dragoon. You know, it's, and there's, there's so much to be found in that 
decision-making process of when someone says, I'm going to go train to be a bard, or when someone says, I'm going to go train to be a baker, or like a fucking bar, the innkeeper, the barkeeper in every tabletop game, there's so much to be found in their tale of becoming that. You know, both of them have merit, and especially in All My Fantasy Children, because we don't have like a campaign. Like we've done entire, we've done it in one of our, my favorite episodes, Evelyn Skyline is about an elf who runs a resort and her amazing life and like the things that she has accomplished in her life and the people she influences. There's no fucking swords and dragons and shit there. It's just the story of like what it's like to want to live alone and like run a business and you know, the, the, the exploits and stuff, the life that you can live if you just kind of do that. Mm -hmm. So one, that's a great point. I love it. Two, hear me out. <laughs> Meg, you're okay. going to want to get in on this. Oh, boy. All right. I'm here Dungeon for it. Dungeon babies. Oh, oh. You, like are born, babies? you are born oh throwing fireballs, singing <gasps> bard songs, go adventure in a dungeon. Dungeon oh, you're babies. you're a baby. Dungeon babies. Okay. Yeah. So it's wait, exactly wait, wait, like wait, Muppet Babies. Dungeon so it's exactly babies. Like Muppet, no nanny, though. Nanny's out. This is, no. we, this, is, uh, this is on a podcast. This is copyrighted. This is our thing. We are, gonna, we are millionaires. Mm -hmm. Jeff, can you tell me about your Dungeon Babies? I'm kidding, though. <laughs> dungeon Babies. Come in, 20, come, in 20, come in 2020. 2019 is too early. Like We can't get the Kickstarter copy done by 2019. No, 2020. We have a lot of writing to do. <laughs> Dungeon babies. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm into this. <laughs> Dungeon babies. So Aaron, are you are you arguing then that that nobody is ordinary? None of these stories are are ordinary? Yeah, no. I know that's corny as fuck, but no, like I like I, it. Yeah, no, it's true though. Like in no, no one is ordinary. Everyone has the potential. It's not the everyone has the potential to be a hero. Like the fucking, you know, the person you see delivering the mail as a hero to somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, the person you see working at your local Starbucks is a hero to, in someone's opinion. You know, it makes them no different than the person, you know, mm -hmm. sealing away a demon to keep their town safe than the person who's baking magical bread to keep their family fed. You know, that's that's protecting, that's being heroic in its own way. And those stories can be really fucking cool. Like, we did, uh, the episode comes out on Friday, so I don't care. Am I going to beat you to the race of release? Doesn't no, matter. no, this will be out before the episode, but like, you can talk about it. Like, it's yeah, not, whatever. None of this matters. So like, we, we just did an episode of Richard Kreutz Landry gave us the prompt of Sandy Scrubs Spaghetti Sorcerer. We're <laughs> like, all they, <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's about a, it gets person real serious becomes, real quick. It gets real like, serious. Which makes it great that it's as bad as Spaghetti Sorcerer. <laughs> but it's about someone who like follows their dream of becoming like, melding conjuring magic and cooking mm. to provide food that can nourish people with mana and like magical energy in an era where there is no magical energy so people can still be heroes when like the well of magic has been tapped dry so it's like you know that's an ordinary that's a really fucking dope concept i think mm -hmm. but it's not like heroic it's just a, essentially a cook but if you go deeper and decide, like, but isn't cooking, like, basically being a chemist, so they're an alchemist, so they know how to break Ooh. down material components in a magical setting and combine them to create magical effects, that is fire. You know, that is good. That's where the meat and potato is, is following that thread that we were talking about before. Yeah. That's why you can make anybody a fucking hero. That's so cool. Isn't that everybody's favorite moment when you're listening to a tabletop show and they're like, I'm going to be a dog. <laughs> But you know how there's always a character in a story who's like the ordinary person. Mm -hmm. 
And it's like the funny comic relief-y thing where it's like people are flailing swords and they're just like hanging out in the back writing a TPS report. But like there's a lot of fun that you can have there and making them in a magical setting. And this is all a bad example. You can just you can just get rid of it. No, I think it's I think it's great. I I that's one of the one of the things I'm talking one of the things that yeah, I love ordinary people in extraordinary circumstances. It's what does that mean when you are amidst a superhero battle and you're like, I got nothing. Have you, uh, you, I, I would recommend Aaron, uh, I would recommend, uh, have you ever read Marvels? No. Read Marvels. You'll, it's good. It is the story of a photojournalist in 1960s New York. Like, and it takes the conceit that all of the Marvel superheroes, like, appear in New York City on the exact date that their first issue comes out. Uh, so it's literally just the story of somebody on the scene in New York when the Fantastic Four show up in New York City. Oh, like, I like and that. And, like, like, appear with superpowers. And suddenly oh. there's this spider-themed vigilante that may or may not be a criminal swinging through the streets. And it's just the story of this this ordinary person being like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm I'm watching this happen and I'm seeing this and it's just showing you this from a different perspective and it's super neat. I think that is a, a thing that a lot of in games like a, a DM should take where like things are happening and like, you know, if you're in a campaign and you stop a fucking shadow dragon from destroying a village, you save the day and the mayor just goes like, well, thank you. Here's the key to the next dungeon. It's like, no, how does that world change then? You know, how did those people, those normal people, how did their lives change? How did your presence in a world affect the non-heroes of the world? Oh, I had a super, I have a super narrow uh, video game example for this. Okay. Uh, The first Final Fantasy games, the Nintendo game that is vaguely Dungeons and Dragons, like, based, Mm -hmm. where you pick a party and stuff. Uh, If you are, if you are an ancient an ancient mummy like I am. If you are, if you are a sack of bones and and dust, and you remember the webcomic Eight Bit Theater. Oh God! Uh, sorry, I just it. blew away in the wind. Yeah, right. Yes, we, <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> it's good fully work. Um, Thank you. <laughs> the 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 first dungeon you fight you fight your first boss. You, you put together your party, you fight the first boss, you go back to the king, and he says, like, because of your efforts, I have gi- I am giving you, and be- and it's basically like, you're going to go to the next region, go to the next dungeon, I am giving you a bridge. And, like, a bridge appears that takes you to the next, like, region. Mm-hmm. In game terms, that's literally just, alright, there's a bridge now. Cool. Yeah. We're yeah. going to go to the next region. But, like, if you stop and think about that, that means that, like, now there's commerce between, like, these two regions that wasn't there before. Mm. Now there's ways for people to, like, leave their home that never left before. And so, like, there's yeah. always been jokes about, like, what a crappy reward that is that he's just named a bridge after you. But, like, that's changed the lives of people. And it's that that concept of, like, your world is a world Think about yeah. the implications of even if your thing is literally yes. just here's the bridge that will get you to your next like adventure location. Think about like what that means to an ordinary person selling bread like that they can now sell to people who have never had their bread. They've never maybe never had bread before. Maybe they have pita, you know, maybe they have a whole different type of thing. And now there's commerce and trade and a cultural exchange happening. And that's fascinating. Yeah, too. A, a lot of times when you listen to like that good episode zero of a show, a lot of the world building is like, here's the politics. Here's how magic and fighting is going to work. 
you're off on your adventure. But like, I want to know about the person who has to like say they're like, it's the great city of Pietra. And in Pietra, there is a giant manufactured waterfall. I'm like somebody had to build that. Can can we learn about the motherfuckers who had to build that <laughs> waterfall? Yeah. Were they paid? Were they paid well? Because that will then tell you a ton. So like, flesh out every fucking detail, please, for me. Think of me. Think of but like just think beyond specifically. Think of, <laughs> just think beyond like I don't know. I don't like focusing too much on like the combat and world building and stuff like that. Like because that goes without saying that that's going to be like a cool gameplay mechanic when you fight and cast spells. But like. Are your people eating when you're on this adventure? What are they eating? You know, what are they wearing? Who made those magical clothes? You found a, you bought a glamoured shirt in the town of like Tumbleton. Who the fuck made a glamoured shirt? Somebody spent like three days sewing that. And why would they make a shirt that turns into armor? Like why, why did they need to make that? Like what does it say about the world that, what does it say about the world that somebody said, I need to make armor that you can wear but it looks like clothing. Like what, like where, what does that say? Yes. About? Oh, that would be like so much stealth involved. Like that people are getting like secretly knifed and that like somebody felt the need to make a glamored shirt. See, if this is the well that you like going down, I think you will like all my fantasy children. Oh yeah. That glamored oh. shirt question is very good though. <laughs> I like that. I want, I want to know now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, I think we covered actually a lot of what folks asked about. So I just wanted to thank Richard and VJ and Alice for asking questions uh, of you guys. I think we really hit on a lot of what they were curious about. If I remember correctly, I also asked a question. I would also you, like to be thanked. You, you did ask a question, <laughs> Jeff. Would you like to ask your question? I would like to be thanked. Hey, hey, Aaron. Yeah. You good? You need anything? Um, I got to pee a little bit. All right, we'll do, we'll take care of that after the recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I had to give you something that we couldn't branch off on. Yeah. <laughs> um and since we are yeah, we're coming up on an hour. Do you do you guys have any advice then for heroes that want to take this approach with the games that they're going to play? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, this whole episode has kind of been that, but yeah. if if you had anything else, I I I think really to just the, to sum it up, I think just always be asking why and what next like like you never have to say well that's i mean you always can you know you don't have you don't want to get lost in the well i guess there's probably a point in which you have to ask the question of like did wizards have toilets and if not we're not going to go down that well but um <laughs> never yeah. never ask yeah, that you don't question need that. why would you why would you do that you're dumb <laughs> <laughs> But uh, just always be asking why, always be asking why, and always be asking the question of like, if that, then what? Because I think those are all those are valuable questions to ask, mm-hmm. whether you're a player, a GM, a writer, a creator. Like, I think those are just valuable questions of like, if I establish this, what does that mean? And I'm establishing this why. I dig it. I would say that definitely ask why. Um, if this, then this. You know, if this means this, then that is a great way to make kind of the bridge of connections. Like, you know, if wizards have magic, does that mean they pull it from something? You know what I mean? If that, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? That kind of thing. But um, also know that all this character stuff and the backstory you make, it's sort of this thing in theater where it's like, you craft this character, you have all this amazing backstory that you've kind of made, crumple it up and throw it away. Because now... If you're think if you're playing your tabletop game and you're thinking about how your character is doing this for their dog, you know they're on this quest to save their dog. 
you're not really living in the moment and enjoying the what your friends are bringing to the table. Crumple that shit up, throw it away, have your character live in the moment at the table and actually go on their quest. Ask their question of why is my character on this quest to save the dog? Great. You, no one goes through their day every minute of the day constantly going like, this one's for the dog. Like, no, that's in the back of your head when you're playing your game. But please do not beat beat your beautiful, amazing character backstory. You know, you don't have to throw it out there all the time. It should live in you and that should inform your decisions at the mm. table. It shouldn't be something you just talk about constantly. Don't talk about it. Be about it. You know, have that inform the decisions you make in your quest, what your quest is. You know, mm. if you want to protect all dogs every time, you know, that's the, if that's your goal of your character is to save dogs, every, that should inform every decision you make. It doesn't have to be something you bring up every 15 seconds. I will yeah. briefly challenge that and say, as someone with a cat, I do bring up my cat constantly. That's great. I love that. But your goals of your cat, I don't know of your pet ownership goals. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's something you don't harp oh, on Well, too let much. me tell you about them then. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're at an hour. I, we want to wrap up. I'll tell you. That's, I'll a, tell that's you a different about. podcast. Where, uh, where can heroes find you both and your cool, cool podcasts online? Um, you can find me at Aaron Catano Saez on Twitter. You can find me at Party of One Pod on Twitter. You can also find links to All My Fantasy Children as well as part, uh, Party of One, which is the two-player role-playing games podcast I host, and Talking Nog, which is the once-yearly Eggnog podcast I host. <laughs> you can find links to all of that as well as links to my game design stuff at jeffswarmer.com. Damn. Beautiful. Told you he was more concise than me. Um, but yeah, find us at AMFC underscore podcast and have some fun with us. Yeah. And hopefully soon, uh, the heroes will be able to find your podcast on the OneShot website. Oh, shit. I forgot that happens. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Yeah. I'll get around to it. That's yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it does exist. It's out there, and it's good, and there's two and a half years of this. Yeah. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, you know, what have you. You'll find it. Yeah, they will. I'll put links. Yay. Thank you both so much. This is super fun. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. This is cool. And, I'm, and I Jeff, hope... I'm sure I'll see you again in a few months for some other oh, I've reason. Got, I've, got, I've got topics. We'll be good. <laughs> Huge thanks again to Aaron and Jeff for chatting with me. I could ask them questions about this stuff for hours, and if you could too, hit them up on Twitter or the AMFC Discord. I'll find that version Aaron and I did so you can hear what this conversation was like when we could still at least kind of see the rails off in the distance. And welcome them both to the network. Follow Modifier on Twitter at Modifier Podcast, or send us questions, comments, and suggestions through email at modifierpodcast at gmail.com. Modifier is part of the OneShot Podcast Network, an incredible family of RPG podcasts, including shows like this one. Backstory is a cozy, thoughtful interview show featuring the most fascinating folks in role-playing. Join host Alex Roberts as she gets to know game designers, LARPwrites, scholars, community organizers, and more. From emerging artists to seasoned veterans, guests open up about their creative process, what keeps them engaged, and their visions for the future of role-playing. To find out more about this and other shows on the network, visit OneShotPodcast.com. Modifier's theme music was created by my favorite Bothan, Cat Greenfield, whose myriad talents are on display at CatGreenfield.com. Join me again in two weeks for another episode of Modifier. See you then.